You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Better Than Yesterday. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I am so glad that you're here. On today's episode, my guest is Nick Nimmin. And over the course of this journey, I've gotten to talk to a lot of amazing people. I've connected with so many great guests that have been open, honest, and vulnerable on the show. I think this one, no disrespect to anybody else who's already been on, but this is my favorite episode personally that I've done so far. This episode changed me. It made me motivated. It uh, got me inspired. So I think you guys will feel the same way. Nick is a YouTube growth expert. So any questions that you have on how to get more views, more subscribers on YouTube, how to create better content, getting more engagement, all of those are answered by Nick on this show. So without further ado, give it up for Nick Nimmin. Nick, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Angelo, for having me on. I appreciate it, man. Excited to share uh, just my my journey and you know some information about YouTube with your audience. Always love talking about online content, so I'm pumped to be here, man. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was uh, watching a lot of your content the last couple of days, and I'm just rethinking my entire existence on YouTube on the podcast. And and like you said, your channel is going to do that to people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like a lot of times when people are getting started on YouTube, um, they don't really know that you need to do certain things in order to start getting results. Some people will just get lucky or they have just an innate ability to be able to see the right things that they need to be able to do in order to, you know, get their videos in front of people. But for the rest of us, <laughs> um, it's it's more of a learning process than it is anything. And the more that you can learn and apply the things that you learn and develop skills, just like anything else in life, just like if you're, you know, trying to be an entrepreneur, if you're trying to be an athlete, or if you're trying to be a musician, you know, you have to learn uh, music theory and you have to learn how to actually play the instrument before you can start putting out songs that people really, really love as an example. So the same exact thing applies to YouTube to where, you know, you first come on, you might not know the ins and outs of a camera. You might be doing everything with your phone, which is okay. You might not know how to properly present on camera. You might not know how to even edit. So therefore your edits suck when you're putting them up, you know, you're, you don't know how to, you know, uh, grab people's attention through written form, which means that you can't write effective titles. And because of that, you know, your videos might not do that great, or you can't put it together a good thumbnail, or you can't express what's happening in the video through imagery. And because of that, you know, you just can't get good traction until you develop the skills to where you can do those sorts of things. Yeah. And, and there's just so many good resources out there. People like yourself, like your brother, that all those things you need to practice. You need to actually get out there and get in front of the camera, do the recording. You you need to suck at editing for a little bit, but there is so many helpful tools and it's, it's just so cool when I'm looking at it, when I'm on YouTube looking at this stuff and I type in how to do something and it's like, there's hundreds of videos on this exact topic, which is absolutely insane to me. This is like the best time ever to, to start anything new. 
I agree, man, that there's never been a better time, you know, like with all the information out there, all the people freely sharing information about how to do whatever it is that you want to do. Like, you know, the, the time that we're living in now, it's just ridiculous in terms of, you know, like, Hey, I want to learn how to brew like the perfect cup of coffee. You know, you can go and you can find all the different, you know, ways that you can do that with all the right temperatures and all the different stuff that you have to do. I'm not a coffee brewer. So that was probably a bad example, but you know, you can just go anything that you want to learn. Um, you know, you can just hop on YouTube or just on the, internet in general and you can learn tons of stuff you know about it like in your podcast for example you know people are learning how to be better right which is another thing that as a human we all strive to do uh, as well so even learning how to improve your own self and your own well-being and you know just improve other aspects of your life you can even learn how to do that which is incredible just by itself yeah so people might look at your channel now you have close to 700,000 subscribers they think you know, you did this overnight, but this has been a long process for you. So what's, um, what's just, how'd you get started on YouTube? I saw your first video was put out in 2014. So you've been at this for a while. Yes, September of uh, 2014. So I'm rolling up on six years right now um, as, at the time of this recording. But September 2014 was my first video. And I came onto YouTube initially because I had a design service that I was doing with my brother. And at that particular time, we brought on some pretty difficult contract clients. And the bad thing, I also, just as a quick sidebar, I live in Thailand, so I'm an expat. So if you live in a foreign country and you're doing your own business, if you decide to like, hey, I'm just gonna shut this business down and try to figure something else to do, then in that situation, you can't just go get a job, it's illegal. So because of that, um, we had to explore other things that we could do online to where we could you know, start you know, generating an additional income to get away from that, right? So one of the things I started exploring was internet marketing and part of internet marketing, um, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, is collecting email addresses and then remarketing to those people through email. And one of the things that I kept running across was people saying how effective YouTube is for them for generating emails. So I'm like, okay, no, I'm not going to be that guy. Don't want to do it. Not going to be on YouTube. I'm not going to be, you know, put myself on camera. That's ridiculous. And um, I kept having internal battles about it, so to speak. And eventually I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's go for it. And um, I started uploading video content to YouTube um, with the intention only of generating emails. And when I first started, just like everybody else, I had no idea what it was that I was doing. I was just putting out content for the sake of, you know, putting out content that I thought would get in front of people that I might be able to remarket to later. And that was pretty much it. Um, at the time, I wasn't doing YouTube tips, obviously, because I didn't know about the platform. So I was making videos on how to stay productive, how to stay motivated, how to stay focused when you're working in a coffee shop around a bunch of other people, you know, things that were um, relating to my life at that particular point in time. And an event happened during this process as I was putting out that content. Um, somebody else in the YouTube space, um, they were making a video where they were crossing 100,000 subscribers on their channel at the time. And they said, hey, if, uh, my content, because they were the person that I watched when I was trying to figure out how to do YouTube. And they said, if my content has ever done anything for you, make a quick video, send it to me. And if it's good, we'll put it in the, in the, uh, the 100,000 subscriber video. So I said to myself, hey, this looks like a, an interesting thing. I wonder if I can get myself into this video. So I made the video and I sent it. And that person right away got back to me and they're like, hey, your camera presence, um, the quality of your 
your content in terms of how it looks and sounds and all that good stuff. I think that you have the whole, the YouTube thing. And I think that you are doing a disservice to yourself with the content that you're putting out at this point in time, which I was, and I would like to work with you on another channel. So I'm like, okay, hey, this is the opportunity that I'm looking for. And I took it and I ended up working with him on another channel for about nine months or so. And that whole experience working with somebody that actually knew what they were doing for me that was the thing that kind of lit no kind of to it. That was the thing that lit my fire about YouTube because it showed me the tip of the iceberg in terms of opportunity. It, it helped me understand what was important on YouTube, how to connect with an audience, how to get more discovery on your videos and that sort of thing. And then unfortunately with that particular channel, great content, loved making the content, but keep in mind, I was still doing my design service at this time. So basically I would wake up, I would work on the YouTube channel for a little bit. I would work on the design stuff for a little bit, go back to working on the YouTube channel for a little bit. And before you know it, I had spent like nine months of wake up work until you go to sleep um, was my, my lifestyle. <laughs> and uh, at that point in time, I just couldn't handle the workload anymore. And I said, okay, I'm hooked on the YouTube thing. I totally dig you know, the, the, the vibe, the culture, like all the things involved with YouTube and just the creation process is incredible. So I, I like that. I'm going to go back to my other channel and I'm going to start making content over there. But before I do, I'm going to build a website um, so that I can start monetizing quicker. So I built a website and started offering design services off of that website specifically for YouTube content creators. And I started making content that was more targeted towards YouTube content creators. And it wasn't like YouTube growth stuff. It was more like, you know, how do you come up with video ideas? How do you, um, you know, how do you um, act natural on camera? Um, should you use a teleprompter or not? You know, that sort of thing. And then I made a video on how to rank videos in YouTube search because I was really good at that. And people in the comment start section started saying, hey, make more videos like this. And the next thing you know, I just started doing more and more of that. And then as time passed, people just wanted more and more. So I just kept sharing the things that, that I knew. And then before you know it, people were hiring me to consult with them. And, uh, you know, we were getting results for what it was that they were doing. And I started sharing that information based on the results that we were getting from clients. And people started really digging that information. And then it just all kind of snowballed into what it is now. Yeah, so you know, you've, you've done a bunch of different things. Do you think being in Thailand and having kind of figuratively your back against the wall that you have to, you have to make this work or you have to come home? Do you think that that has made you more successful? Um, it's not necessarily that you have to make it work or you go home. It's just that if it doesn't work, I mean, technically, you know, if you didn't have any savings, you'd have to go home, but it's more so that like you can't, um, like if, if, if what you're doing stops working, then in that situation, you have to start digging into savings and then you don't have a way to replenish that cash that you are pulling from. So because of that, you know, you're put into a position to where it's like, okay, um, everything that I do, I have to take it seriously, which I mean, really in any endeavor, you should take it seriously anyway, but it's like, you know, everything it is that I'm doing, I need to take it seriously because, um, you know, what it is that the, this new venture that I'm stepping into, um, it's something that, um, that might be the next thing that, that I'm going to make a living off of, you know, while I'm, you know, while I'm here, but I, I plan to stay in Thailand forever, you know, as long as, you know, visas work out and all that good stuff. Um, I have a Thai girlfriend, she's awesome. Um, but like, uh, you know, with that whole thing of not being able to go get a job, it's definitely a motivator, you know, that's why where I was talking about doing the thing where I woke up and worked until the time that I went to bed, you know, some of that was also what helped push me through that because I knew that, that if I didn't do that, that I was going to remain unhappy in the design service that I currently had. And if I did do that, that there might be some type of exit that I'm going to be able to make in the future, as long as I played my cards right. And as long as I made, you know, strategic decisions along the way. Yeah. And 
so during that time where you're working nonstop, um, I heard on another podcast that you went through a pretty, pretty, um, rapid weight, lo- not rapid weight loss, but you really had to change your habits, change your lifestyle. So can you talk a little bit about that? That happened actually before I came to Thailand. Okay. So basically, yeah, I got up to like 290 pounds and, um, and then, one of those, you know, I had one of those times that everybody always talks about where you look in the mirror and you're like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And, uh, and then at that point in time, I changed my diet and all of that. And I ended up losing 100 pounds, um, which was fantastic. But that all happened right as I was coming over to here. Um, so the timing, you know, just kind of worked out that way. Um, but, you know, since then, I've been able to keep it off for like 14 years now. I think I might have gained back maybe like 30 pounds out of uh, out of the 100. Um, but, you know, overall, huge, huge win in terms of the, uh, you know, in terms of the weight loss there. But, you know, one of the one of the things that's interesting is, when you are a heavy person, you don't really realize the limits that you have or that you're putting on yourself um, until you start losing the weight and you start realizing like, man, I, feel, I start, I'm, I'm like, feel good. I can like fit into all these things better and easier. And I feel, you know, like when I look in the mirror, I feel like, you know, better about myself and all that good stuff. Like it's, it's amazing that when you are in the, um, in the weight gain stage to where you're just putting on weight and putting on weight. And then you, next thing you know, you know, you have, you know, like a, like a 42, 43, 44 inch waist to where, you know, you're like, wow, how did I even end up here? Right. But then you don't do anything about it. But that day comes to where you're like, you know what, I just can't, you know, another day isn't going to go by to where I'm going to have the same relationship with like food and exercise and all that. I gotta, I gotta make a change. And uh, for me, that change, uh, you know, led to a hundred pound drop, which was awesome. Glad I did that. <laughs> so, so what'd you do specifically like changing your diet wise? Um, at the time, we didn't have apps or anything like that, right? Because this was like 14 years ago. So at the time, you know, we didn't have my fitness pal and, you know, things like that. So all I did was I went to the gym literally every single day. I either went to the gym or I did uh, some other type of, you know, rigorous activity for at least an hour. Um, and then I cut down on all of the stuff that I was eating. So one of the things that helped me gain weight was, you know, anytime I would go to a restaurant, for example, I would have, you know, like a bunch of Dr. Peppers while I'm sitting there. Um, I would have an appetizer and then I would have the main dish and then you know I'd probably have a dessert afterwards you know our bodies just aren't made for for that kind of consumption unfortunately really unfortunately (laughs) because it was all delicious but um but you know I went in I I stopped uh, I stopped drinking soda altogether I I haven't had uh, a Dr. Pepper in 14 years or a Coke or anything like that. Um, actually, I think I had a Sprite a few years ago, but the, you know, like that has just been completely exchanged for water um, and, and coffee. And in terms of the food itself, um, I just massively cut down. So instead of eating like a whole plate when I would go to like Don Pablo's, for example, if that's even still around, um, when I would go to like a, a, a restaurant to eat food, um, instead of eating like the whole plate, I would eat like half or a quarter of what it was that was that was on the plate. And I would just let the other, you know, let the rest of uh, what was on the plate go. And I didn't snack or anything like that in the middle. But most of it, you know, the, the, the basic idea when you're trying to lose weight is just calories in, calories out. Like, you know, you have to burn as much as you possibly can to get all that stuff off of your body. And you have to not be putting too much into your body in order to make sure that you can, you know, be going at a deficit in order for that weight to go off. So because of that, I just had to be mindful of what it was that I was eating. Um, and again, I didn't have any calculators or anything like that. I was just kind of winging it, but luckily I winged it, you know, in the, in the, in the right direction, so to speak. Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure that's affected, you know, every area of your life. You're, you're probably making better content because you feel better. You can work longer. You can, you know, when you do want to get outside and, and explore, you can go hiking. I think, uh, a lot of people. And like you said, just cutting back on soda, like just cutting out soda is, 
even if you probably would have just done that by itself, you probably would have lost a little bit of weight as well. You might have lost 10, I did. 10 20 pounds. I did. So before I started exercising, before I started exercising, the first thing that I did was I cut out soda and I dropped like 10 pounds before I even, before I started like seriously going to the gym. Um, I just started going out and going on a walk um, every day. And then I, I got rid of uh, soda. And just that by itself, I dropped 10 pounds within a really fast amount of time. Yeah, that's awesome. And I just on the last podcast I did, we talked a lot about habits and, and the habits that you're doing don't have to be dramatic. It's sometimes just cut out soda, go for a 10 minute walk. And then those habits spill over into other stuff where you start adding, adding or subtracting other food and, and stuff like that. But I think, yeah, I think that's, that's awesome that you went through that. And, and I'm sure you're in a better position now than, than what you would be in if you kept going at that rate. Oh, without question, I would be huge. If I would have kept going in that direction, I would be huge. Like, you know, the funny thing is, is, is um, just since we're talking about it, like the funny thing is when it comes to that kind of stuff is all of the associations that we have with, with food in terms of it being like a celebration. Like, hey, let's all meet up and have this, you know, have this big dinner and, you know, all that stuff. It's just really funny how like that association with food can turn you into somebody that you're not happy with and turn you into somebody that, you know, has... Um, you know, difficulty walking up a flight of stairs. Um, as an example, I had a friend of mine um, who they were over 300 pounds. They were like 300 and something pounds. And I would eat with them a lot, of course. And uh, <laughs> that was kind of like our bonding, right? But we would, um, you know, we would eat a lot. And uh, with the friend, he was so big that, uh, that he couldn't comfortably even go to baseball games or he couldn't go comfortably go on like airplanes and things like that. So luckily I didn't get to that point, but, uh, but you know, a lot of people do. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things where, if you are in that point, you, you got to just look, you know, unless you have like a, a condition, like you have to look yourself in the mirror and, and, and own that you're there because of you and own that you're there because of the choices that you're making and then make that choice in that moment when you're sitting there uncomfortable and you're sitting there thinking to yourself like, man, I can't believe that I'm taking up like this whole seat and this person doesn't even want to sit next to me. Like when you're having thoughts like that, that's when you got to look at yourself really hard in the mirror and just make the call to say, okay, you know, starting today, starting right now, um, you know, all of this is going to, all this is going to change. Yeah. I love that. And uh, just as we'll get on the topic of YouTube, it's the same thing with that. It's like, it takes starting one video, putting out that first video. And I think that is the hardest thing for people is to just put themselves on camera, do that first initial video. And yours, you jumped in with it, how to not be shy on camera, how to get comfortable on camera. So what pushed you to do that? Um, I was just covering, you know, like, just like when I was starting the channel, um, I was covering the things that I was relating to at that point in time. So one of the very first things for me was I didn't want to be on camera. I didn't want to face the judgment. I didn't want to face the criticism. I didn't want family and friends to find out that I was on YouTube. I didn't want, you know, I was I was just like, yeah, I, I don't want to be that person, like I said before. So the very first video was basically explaining the process that I went through of overcoming camera shyness so I could help other people who are having trouble with camera shyness as well. And the funny thing is with that video, I was so paranoid about it because, you know, I just didn't get it at the time, but I was so paranoid about it that I even wore makeup because I saw, you know, like on the news, like, you know, they wear it on TV and stuff, you know, they go and they powder them up and they do all this stuff to even out their skin tones and to hide blemishes and all that. And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, if I'm going to be here on camera, because I had a nice camera at the time. And I was like, if I'm going to be on camera and you're going to see all this detail. 
detail that I'm just going to go ahead and uh, wear, you know, some some foundation and some concealer on these dark spots under my eyes and a little bit of red over here on the edges of my nose that, you know, that shows that I'm a human being. At the time, you know, I was like, yeah, I can't, you know, I, I, I got to make sure I cover that up. And, you know, I just wanted everything to be as perfect as possible. And the funny thing is, by trying to make it as perfect as possible, I was actually working against myself because I later come to realize that the, the, the best way to get the results that you're after on any platform is to not try to act like you think that you should act, but instead of just do you, like be who you are and express that version of yourself. And that's how you actually connect with other people like you and other people that are, you know, uh, that, that view things like you do and all of that, because you are, you know, being yourself instead of trying to be another person. When I first started uh, in that very first video, I had like a collared shirt on, I had makeup on, I'm all stiff because, you know, I watched a bunch of videos and people that were talking, you know, talking head uh, type videos at the time that were doing any type of training related stuff, you know, that was the look that they had. So I was like, okay, well, this is what I need to look like instead of just being like, you know what, typically, I mean, I'm in Thailand, I'm wearing like flip flops and t-shirts and like baggy shorts and you know, and all that stuff. So instead of, uh, instead of, you know, taking that approach and, and doing me, like right now I've got a hoodie on, you know, as an example. So, you know, like instead of, you know, doing me, um, you know, I was trying to be that professional guy, which I'm not, I never have been. Like I've done a lot of things like uh, in terms of like different business ventures and stuff, but I've never been like that professional guy in terms of like khakis and a suit and button ups and you know, all of that stuff. It's just not, it's not me. If I had to, sure, I could do it. Um, but it's just not me and I, I, I can't, uh, you know, I shouldn't have started that way, but you know, it's a story to tell. So it's okay that I did. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Would you say like you, there was a specific point where you found yourself on camera? Was there, you know, like a time period, a year in, two years in where you're like, okay, I'm super comfortable and, and I'm fine with doing this? Absolutely. So for me, it actually took making um, a nice handful of videos on my current channel, leaving my channel, working on another channel, uh, recording, I think there's only like 80 of them published, but recording almost 100 videos for the other channel, and then coming back to my current channel again, and putting out even more content there to finally have a video to where I said, you know what? I'm going to try not using scripts. Instead, I'm just going to go off of bullet points. I'm just going to talk to people and I'm going to communicate in the way that I do um, instead of, you know, trying to just read what's on the script and then looking at the camera and saying whatever it is. And right when I started doing that, one, it became easier to make content, but two, um, people started connecting with me more. I started getting more comments, started getting more interaction in general. Um, people even started watching my videos for a longer period of time. So, for me, the, uh, you know, the, the big thing in terms of, you know, we call it finding your voice. But for me, that moment was when um, when I went off of script and I just started, um, you know, communicating with people how I communicate naturally. And, uh, you know, that's the thing that took me from being a robotic person trying to communicate a, uh, a script to, you know, just just talking to people, hi to people anyway. Yeah. And I think you're always more critical of yourself than anyone else can be. Like I, I sure. went back, at, I watched your original video and for me, I'm like, you're super good on camera. It doesn't seem scripted at all. Which is, which is kind of crazy because you're like, I'm looking at a script, I'm wearing makeup, doing all this stuff. Did you get any any hate that or people saying you're crazy for doing YouTube like you thought you would? No. Nope, not one person. And, and the funny thing is, is that's one of the things I had to overcome to even do it in the first place. And I've even mentioned it in the video. I say 
basic. I'm like, you know, and if you're worried about your friends and family finding out what it is that you do, um, you know, eventually, you know, you might have some people that are going to give you a hard time right out of the gate. Um, but eventually, YouTube is just going to be a thing that you do. And then everybody's just going to know that and it's not going to be a big deal anymore. And that's exactly what happened is once, you know, people did, I did start letting people know that I had a YouTube channel and all that stuff, you know, then the people that I was actually, you know, worried about, you know, friends back home and family and all that stuff, you know, they're all like, wow, you're like really good at this. You're really good on camera. And it was all positive. Like I, I never got a negative response. Now, of course, you know, since then I've had, you know, plenty of troll comments, plenty of hate comments uh, on YouTube without question. That's just part of the gig. But in terms of the people that I care about their opinion, um, you know, I, I haven't had one negative thing said that I was actually fearful about. So, so, you know, a lot of that stuff, just like with everything else, you know, a lot of that stuff that, that we think uh, a lot of the time, it's just all rattling inside of our own brains and it's not real problems. It's not real obstacles. We just create these humongous pits that we have to cross in some way. And, you know, in most cases, all of the problems that we throw into that pit that we think that we're going to have to walk over, they don't even happen. Um, so, you know, that was another one of those situations where that was the case. I thought it was going to be one thing, but it ended up actually where people are like, yeah, you know, this is, this is, this is pretty good. You're pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in the same boat. I literally just got my first troll comment and I was like, at, at first I'm like, damn, I should probably quit. <laughs> I, that was my yeah. first reaction was like, I'm quitting YouTube. Like, let me just go back to Instagram. And then I was like, I was like, one, I have no idea who this person is. And so a little backstory, I made a video on how to get more views, which is something which is more in your expertise. But I was talking about how if you want more views, you can just literally watch your videos yourself. And people didn't watch the whole video, so they didn't get what I was actually saying. And how looking at like, why do you need more views? Are you are you doing this to validate yourself? And this guy commented and said, how to get more views has 10 views. And I commented back and I was like, well, thanks for being number 11. And it was just funny. Like I got that first troll comment and immediately I'm like, damn, should I like stop doing this? And then, and then like I put it on my Instagram. I was like, got my first troll comment. Like I'm happy about it. It's funny. Yeah, you got to embrace that stuff. It's like with, with anything that you do when you're putting yourself out there, you've got to embrace it because, you know, if, if you're somebody that has the courage to put yourself out there and to put yourself on camera and to record your voice into, into podcast form or to, you know, post pictures of yourself on Instagram or even to put your thoughts into blog posts with your name attached to it, like if you're willing to put yourself out there in any way, shape or form, people will have something to say about it. And it's not always going to be awesome. You know, there's the stuff that makes you feel great. I was actually talking to a friend of mine, uh, Brian G. Johnson, about this the other day. Um, he's also a YouTube content creator. He makes content like I do about, you know, YouTube tips and stuff. And uh, we were talking about how funny it is where you can be going through your comments and you can have, you know, a thousand amazing comments. People are like, oh, this is great. I learned so much. This is awesome. Hey, love how your lighting looks. Man, your presentation's great. This is fantastic. And then that one, like all those are like, okay, yeah, great, fantastic, whatever. Okay, awesome. Thanks for the comment. Leave a heart, you know, leave a couple of thanks. But then you have that one comment out of, you know, 500 or a thousand, that one comment to where they're like, Wow, your 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 framing your framing is crooked. I can't even believe you're telling people how to teach or, uh, telling people about video when your when your framing is crooked on your on your video. And it, or or they're like, hey, you know, you say this one word in a weird way, or they say something like, hey, aren't you too old to be on YouTube? You know, and, and you see those, and, and they just er, they just stop you in your tracks, and and you and you look at it, and you pause on that one for a second, and you think about it, like, huh this person right here is just like straight up attacking me like on my own YouTube channel. Like I'm on here trying to like help people out. And this person's on here, you know, just attacking me. And for whatever reason, all the good stuff, 
you know, it's awesome. But at the same time, it's just, you just kind of go past it. But that, that person that sticks out, unfortunately, they say, what is it? The uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Same exact thing when you're scrolling through your comments. You see that one hater, that one troll, and, and it just stops you in your tracks. And you take that moment to where you carry it with you for a few minutes to where you're like, you know, maybe I am too old to be on YouTube. Maybe I do say things in a funny way. You know, maybe I, you know, maybe I am doing something wrong. Um, but then, you know, you, you quickly get over it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's and, part of the gig. Yeah. And you're just um, like, I, I'm sure that you know, but you're just helping so many people and it's every video that you put out, people can go back to. And I heard you talk about on another podcast, your strategy that you can realistically, you can take a break from YouTube. You cannot do any work for two months and you can still grow. You can still help people out, which I think is, is awesome that you found that. Yeah, without question, like, um, technically, like if I didn't want to try to like move the needle, technically, I could stop uploading to my channel today, and I would be able to still the channel would still keep growing for years to come. Um, I actually have a uh, that other channel that I worked on, um, that that I, you know, took the break from my channel worked on that channel with that guy. And then I came back, um, that particular channel, it's still growing in the background still gets views, I still get a little bit of ad revenue from it. Um, and it's slowly, you know, growing there in the background. I think I had an extra like three to 500 subscribers on it um, per month. And I haven't uploaded to that channel in, uh, let's see here, going on five years now. So, you know, the, the power of YouTube that people underestimate or they just don't know is that YouTube wants to show people content that they respond to in a positive way. They want to give viewers a great experience on the platform. And if you make one piece of content and people respond to that in terms of they click on it a lot and they watch it for a competitive amount of time on the platform, then to, enough to where YouTube can deem it as a satisfactory experience for the viewer, YouTube's gonna keep showing that video until people stop responding to it. And that's a really beautiful thing about YouTube is, you know, you can put in, you know, as much work as you want to. And then if you want to, you can take off, you know, for a month or two months or whatever and go do whatever you want and then just come back to it and, and pick up the ball again. Um, because it's, it's just amazing in terms of as long as you make content that people respond to, as long as you develop that skill of making the content um, and packaging in a way that people will respond to in terms of your title and thumbnail to get them to click, then in that situation, like you're creating a long-term asset. And the better beauty of that is you can even do that from the affiliate side of things. So let's say, that you have, um, you know, like something that you promote in your case as an affiliate for podcasting. Um, let's say it's a podcast host and they give you like recurring revenue for that, which means that every single person that goes in and signs up, as long as they keep paying that service, you keep getting money for it. Then you can have one video out there that is ranked well in YouTube search. And because people respond to it well there, YouTube's going to show it on homepages and next to other videos and all that. But that one video can just drive you income for the next, you know, two years, five years or whatever, until somebody else bumps you out of that spot or people just stop responding to it anymore, which is just absolutely incredible. So that one video well-placed in search can literally turn into a cash machine for you. It might be a lot of money that you make. It might be a little bit, but then you start fanning that out to the point to where you've got, you know, 15 of those videos out there that are ranked well in search or a hundred of those videos that are ranked well in search. And then that just creates this income machine for you in terms of ad revenue that you're getting from YouTube. And then if you are doing that as an affiliate or something, then in that particular case, then you're also generating all those additional affiliate sales as well. And, uh, and it all just kind of runs for you. Um, YouTube, you know, handles getting it in front of people. It's, 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 it's ridiculous, really. How we were talking before about um, how, how easy it is to learn things and, and seek out the information these days. Same exact thing goes with, with YouTube in terms of how easy it is. Like if you, if you go through the, if you dedicate the time to figuring out how to get a particular group of people 
or a, a, an ideal type of viewer, I should say, to click and watch what it is that you're doing and get a satisfactory experience from it. If you take a business-minded approach to what it is that you're doing with your YouTube channel, it's really easy to make additional money. Um, and in some cases, on you know, depending on how dedicated you are, it's pretty easy to go f to create a full-time income as well. But in terms of just creating like a side hustle to pay for a car payment or a mortgage payment or just to put money away for retirement or whatever it happens to be, um, it's really, really easy to do on YouTube. And there is an entire planet of people that is that are sleeping on the opportunity. Just like, you know, all the other stuff that's out there right now. You know, there's tons of opportunity that we have in general, but YouTube is one of those assets. And, and there's just, you know, billions of people that are sleeping on the opportunity of tapping into YouTube because they're afraid to sit down in their room, sit down in their office, sit down in their living room, whatever it happens to be, turn on a camera and share with the world what it is that they know about a particular thing. So do you think you need to start off with that niche or like, is it okay to start to, cause what I think is like, you're going to suck in the beginning, regardless of what yeah. you're doing. So do you think you should do that first video on whatever it is, or should you sit down with a plan and say, this is what I'm, I want to be doing for the next, you know, year or two years down the road, or do you think you should just get started and then figure it out later? With anything, a plan is always the best approach because if you have a plan, then you can really think things through. You can go ahead and get your monetization in place so that you can make sure that you're making money on it as quickly as possible outside of just ad revenue. Um, you can make sure that you're targeting the right people, which is going to help you make better titles and better thumbnails and come up with better video ideas and topics that you're going to be uh, you know, making for people and all of that. So having a plan is always a, a better approach. However, for people that don't know, because, you know, there's a lot of people I didn't know, right? When I, when I first came onto YouTube, I didn't know. I, all I knew, I was trying to get emails. So I was like, okay, well, let me just get some emails for people that make videos so that maybe I can start, you know, promoting some things from Warrior Forum or JBZoo or whatever of all the different products they have out there for video creators. So let me, let me do that. Um, and because of that, that was like all I had in terms of a plan and it wasn't anything. But nothing started really moving on the channel until I came back from working on that other channel and I came back to it with a, with a nice, hard, concrete plan of exactly what I was gonna need or what I was gonna do, what I was gonna offer, the specific steps that I needed and, or, that I, or the specific assets that I needed to create in order to make it all happen. And um, uh, if I didn't have that plan, then I would have just been kind of going by my coattails, so to speak, and things would not be the way that they are are right now. Um, on the flip side of that, when people don't know what it is that they're wanting to do, hopping onto YouTube and going on without a plan so that you can go through that part of making content that sucks. So you can go ahead and get that out of the way. Um, that's also advantageous because during that process, you can Ex uh, you can experiment with different types of content. YouTube actually recommends this. You can experiment with different types of content, but then once you notice that people respond to one of the things that you do, then you should double down on that content. The downside of that is that that benefits YouTube because then you start, you know, you start grinding it out, making that type of content for that, you know, segment of their audience. But how that works against you as a content creator is if you come on, you don't have that plan, and then you are just kind of winging it and then you have a video take off. Let's say that you have, um, let's say like in your case, right? Let's say you have uh, one video that's a vlog, you have another video that's a um, podcast just like this, and then you have another video that is a how to do something within podcasting. Well, let's say that the video that takes off is your vlog. Well, 
you don't want to be a blogger. You want to be somebody that can just turn on the camera inside of your place, make some talking head content because it's easy, and then move on with the rest of your day. But since you had your vlog take off, now you're a slave to vlog content because that's what that's what you know is working well in your channel, and therefore you you need to keep doing that so that you can keep serving that particular audience that's responding well to it. So reverse engineering it, in my opinion and from my experience, reverse engineering it is definitely a better way to go because then you have more control over what direction it is that you take yourself. Because on YouTube, just like in life, you know, there's going to be a bunch of different opportunities and a bunch of different, you know, ways that you can take things. However, if you can have like a set goal that you're after and you're like, hey, this is what I want to accomplish on the platform, be it an income, be it a side hustle, be it, you know, I want to just connect with other people that are into the type of topics that I'm into, be it I want to, you know, share my experience, you know, with other people and travel or whatever it happens to be. Um, uh, like when you know exactly what it is that you are offering, then it helps you be able to um, kind of map everything out to where you can control. I won't say all, but you'll be able to control a majority of the aspects of all of the different things that you're going to have to do around your YouTube channel as well. Because, once you start taking YouTube seriously, there's a lot that you do on the back end as well. So like, for example, our conversation right now, right? Like this, like things like this are things that people don't think of when it's like, you know, hey, all these content creators, this must be great. You make a video and then you don't, then you don't do much out like outside of that. Well, if you want to continue, you know, growing your influence and things like that, then you're doing stuff like this all the time because, you know, this is part of, you know, uh, just spreading awareness about yourself and what it is that you do. So, you know, because of that, um, you can even identify the right opportunities. If you have a plan, you can identify the right opportunities that are a good fit for, you know, hey, if I'm going to do an interview, would this particular interview serve um, the goal that I'm trying to accomplish? Would this particular interview serve, um, you know, what it is that I'm trying to create around my YouTube channel, for example, the community that I'm trying to reach? So let's say, for example, I've been using quilters a lot lately. I don't know why, but let's say that you have a community um, of people that are into quilting. And the only thing that you care about is you just want to connect with other people who love quilting um, so that you can share patterns and, you know, do all that fun stuff. So in that situation, if you were to reach out to a quilting channel, they might think to themselves, if they knew their plan, they knew who it was they're trying to get in front of, they might think, you know what, his audience, they're not really, they're probably not going to be quilters. So because of that, I'm going to turn down that opportunity to go on his show because they're not quilters. However, Edna over here, she has another podcast about like crafting and since she's doing crafting, there's probably a lot of crossover there in terms of quilting. And Edna, you know, Edna, you know, she just loves, you know, quilting anyway. So because of that, I'm going to hop on her show because it would be, you know, a better fit for what it is I'm trying to do. So I promise I wouldn't ask any questions about my channel, but <laughs> that, <laughs> here, that, here it comes. No, it's all good, man. It's all good. Th that being said, so say I built up that, that following, I have 170 subscribers, which isn't a ton, but I have the vlog content. I have the random stuff that I've done, would you start a second channel that's dedicated or would you roll with that and just continue to pivot and say like, from here on out, we're going to be talking about podcasting tips or we're going to be talking about, about this topic. I would add a completely different channel. Um, your ability, especially now that you have a podcast, your ability to regenerate that hundred and some odd subscribers is going to like, you're going to be able to fill that back up. No problem at all. Um, if it was me, I would start a brand new channel. It would be dedicated and branded and everything for the sake of, of whatever direction it is that you're wanting to take or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish with the channel. Um, I would just map out the entire thing, starting with the end goal, um, and then start working backwards in terms of like, if you're doing like how to podcast type of things, you know, how to get, you know, how to interview people and how to set up your podcasting stuff and all that. Um, then in that situation, I would just start a channel 
and call it something, right? Find a really good name that also has the URL available, um, you know, online. Um, but I would find a name that was something related to podcasting. I would make all of the content decisions based around podcasting, and I would start promoting it all the time off of the show um, and, and and that whole thing. Now, in your case, um, if it was about podcasting. If your viewers are more for self-development, then in that situation, a better fit for you for um, a, a better transition of audience would, of course, be about you know self-improvement or self-development um, instead of it being about podcasting uh, necessarily. So then what you get to do in that situation, if you decided to walk down that road, is just like with my podcast, Comments Over Coffee, you know, it's all about YouTube. So all of the different things that I do online, they're all about YouTube. So then because of that, I'm the YouTube guy. Right. So the same exact thing applies. So since you already have one asset, your podcast that, that, you know, people are listening to right now, since you have that asset in place already, if you wanted to keep walking down that self-development road, then you would just create a YouTube channel that would also be a supplement to what it is that you're doing here to where it would all just be self-development things to where you could actually let people in your podcast know, Hey, you know, just as a heads up, we also have a YouTube channel, um, you know, to where we go deeper into other self-development topics or just, you know, short form self-development topics, whatever um, you can find that over at whatever your YouTube channel would be um, so that you can, you know, start driving people over there directly from your podcast. I got a lot of work to do right now. My, my wheels are <laughs> well, here's turning. The, here's the thing, man, is, is like when, when it comes to growing your, your uh, influence online, when it comes to that, it's more about immersing yourself around what it is that you're doing um, than it is just having like one thing that blows up. Because when you fully immerse yourself, then you get known from all these different angles from being that person. And that's where becoming an influencer really comes into play. But if you're doing like a bunch of random stuff, like here you're doing self-development over on YouTube, you're doing how to grow a podcast. And then on Instagram, you're doing like how to make awesome photos or whatever. Then what, you, what you're doing in that situation is you're kind of diluting everything to where if every single one of your assets is about self-development, then what you're doing is you're building a, you're slowly, right, over time, you're building a self-development empire. To where like me, I built mine on, on the back of YouTube. To where, you know, I've been able to leverage the interest in YouTube in order to become that YouTube guy. And because I'm that YouTube guy, that gets me on stages at like Social Media Marketing World and Vid Summit and, you know, all these other places. Just because I talk about YouTube everywhere. When I'm on podcasts, when I, uh, of course, on my YouTube channel, I'm on my, on, on my own podcast, um, you know, and, and all of that stuff, even the products that I create are targeted towards video content creators. So, you know, because of that, um, you know, having all of the things that I do driving towards that one center idea positions me as that, as that person, instead of being that person that just does a bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah. That's really good advice. And I think, I think a lot of people may get discouraged because they're like, they have the ideas, but they're like, where, where do I start? So do you have any tips like for people to just sit down to brainstorm a little bit, like, like how to find what your thing is? Like you found it's YouTube, but say other people, self-development podcasts, Instagram, not sure. So like what's one actionable tip that they can get started, you know, today? The thing with me, um, it's not necessarily that mine is YouTube. Like the thing that I enjoy out of all this is actually teaching and sharing information and helping people out. Like that's what this, that's like my jam when it comes to this stuff. Um, but for people that are trying to figure out like what it is that they should be making content about, I recommend that you just look into what it is that you enjoy doing. And it's not necessarily like, I don't want to be that guy that says, oh, just follow your passion because that doesn't always work out. Um, but if you are... If you have these things 
that you're always talking about, you're always reading books on, you're always like anytime you go to the bookstore or you go to the grocery store and you're passing the magazine rack, you know what you're looking at. You know the specific magazine section or the specific magazines that you're always looking to see if they have an update um, so that you can, you know, stop for a moment and, and check out the cover to see if it's something that you're interested in. Um, the things that you're, you know, friends and family, the stuff that they're always like, wow, you're like really good at this or, you know, any positive feedback that you get. Um, but just think about the stuff that you're into, even the, the YouTube videos that you watch, what are they about? The podcasts that you listen to, what are they about? Um, you know, like what is it that you that you just really enjoy doing? Because when it comes to YouTube and just creating a living off of uh, creating content uh, for YouTube or TikTok or Instagram, whatever it is, is it's a long game. And when you first start, it's going to suck and it's going to feel like you're not getting much traction at all. And it's going to feel like everything is moving really slow. But once things start moving, it's it happens so all of a sudden to where you have like, this, you know, the, the previous six months to where it's like, man, I'm just sweating it out. And I just hope this works. And then the next six months, you're like, holy cow, I can't believe I just accomplished all this. I can't believe all of a sudden all these people are like reaching out to me and things like that. Because even though it's a long process for other people, all of a sudden you just hop on the radar. All of a sudden they start seeing you all over the place. All of a sudden, you know, other people are, are mentioning your name in different conversations and things like that. So what I recommend that people do is one, brace yourself for the long haul. Build out a plan, build out a roadmap for yourself um, in terms of what you want to accomplish, who it is that you need to make the content for in order, in order to accomplish that thing, whatever it is that you're trying to do, and then literally map out like 100 video ideas. If you map out 100 video ideas, then just go ahead and just commit to those 100 video ideas. They're all going to suck. The videos are going to suck. The thumbnails are going to suck. The titles are going to suck, but I'm still going to make these videos and I'm going to do the best that I can. And with every video that I put out, I'm going to try to learn something from it. I'm going to go into my YouTube analytics and I'm going to pay really close attention to how people are responding to what it is that I'm doing. I'm not going to blame YouTube. Anything that doesn't work on my channel, it's my fault and I have to own that. It comes down to how I'm putting it all together. It comes down to the skills that I choose to develop or not. And I'm just going to own that. But you have to, you have to start, right? And when it comes to like getting that initial start, in addition to writing out that 100 videos, I also recommend that people immerse themselves in the communities around what it is that they're going to be making content about. So, you know, in your case, if it's self-development, then I would go on Reddit and I would join every subreddit for self-development and I would spend like an hour in there every day just interacting with people and making posts and all that stuff. Um, I would join every Facebook group about self-development. Uh, self I'd be interacting with those people. Even if you're not sharing your podcast, even if you're not sharing your YouTube content, I would still be interacting in there. I'd be making like, uh, I would hop on like canva.com or like placeit.net and I would make, uh, I would make little graphics that I could share in there about, uh, you know, like, hey, three, you know, three things that will instantly improve your day and, you know, like things like that so that people can start recognizing you posting all of the time in those places and interacting in those places so that once you do start publishing your YouTube videos, when the opportunity presents itself in those communities, then you're able to start sharing your YouTube videos there as well. And it's welcomed because you're already like an authority in that community. You're already somebody that's interacting there all the time. The mods will give you a little bit more slack and you might even become a mod <laughs> by doing that, but the mods will give you a little bit more slack. You'll start creating the relationships with people in all these groups. And then that makes your content more welcome in those areas when you do decide to promote it. And when you decide to promote it, Never just promote it. You want to make sure that you're, you're posting your content there as solutions to things that people are doing. So as an example, if you're a travel vlogger and you're posting in all these 
different, which I know right now with what's going on in the world, that's not, you know, the ideal uh, scenario, but let's say that you're a travel vlogger and you are active in all these different travel forums. Well, if somebody says, hey, I'm going to Ukraine, does anybody have any tips for, um, you know, for, for things that I should, you know, keep an eye out for when I go to Ukraine? In that situation, that's where you're like, hey, you know what? I actually made a video when I was in Ukraine or about Ukraine, about, you know, things that people need to keep in mind when they go there. Here's a link if you want to go check it out. Right. And that's an opportunity to where you were able to uh, share your stuff. That's why it's a slow start. But ultimately, let me back up again. So when you're in those communities also, um, when you are, you know, interacting with everybody, you're also going to start to notice the other things that in addition to what you care about, you're going to start noticing the other things that other people in those communities care about as well. So pay really close attention. Like if you're in the self-development space, pay really close attention to the things that people are always having trouble with. Because if there's things that people are always having trouble with, like weight loss or motivation or procrastination, anything like that, then that tells you right out of the gate that there's automatically, there's going to be a higher interest in those specific topics. So you need to make sure that you're adding those sorts of things to your list because one, you're going to have more opportunities to share them if people are always talking about them. Two, it's also something that's at the top of mind just in humans that are interested in that particular topic. So that's going to give you an edge, so to speak, on having an understanding of what your audience actually cares about. That's huge, the giving away your your content and expertise. I think a lot of people want to rush to here's my video, here's my podcast, and they're not actually helping people beforehand. So I think that's, that's really good tip that, uh, that anybody when you're in those groups, don't just if somebody says, says something, ask a question, you're just like, Oh, I did a video on that. It's like, you got to spend, you know, months answering questions and being like, this is what I did when I encountered that situation. If you need any help, uh, send me a message, I'd love to connect. And it's building those relationships first. I think a lot of people skip that step. They're just like, oh, I did a YouTube video. Now you should, you should be paying attention to me. Right. And, and the thing is, though, is, is you don't have to do all of that stuff. That's if you're trying to grow your influence like as a, you know, as that, a person in that space. But, but technically, YouTube is powerful enough that all you have to do is make content that people respond to and YouTube will take over the rest for you. But you just have to get to the point where you understand what gets people to respond for the specific type of content that you make. But starting out, um, if possible, you know, because everybody puts out different types of content, but if the type of content that you put out supports it, um, having search, a search targeted videos as part of your content strategy is also something that will help get your foot in the door. Because if you have search-based content, then one of the things that is helpful there is you're not competing with everybody in the platform, you're competing with just the search results. So that, you know, cuts down your competition massively. Um, and it also gives you long-term traffic because once you can get into search results, um, let's say that you're, you know, within the first five results on YouTube for a, a specific search term. Um, and what I mean by that is if you go to YouTube, you go to the search bar, you type in whatever it is that you're looking for, the videos that show up after you hit the go button, um, that is, that would be the search results page. So if you can get your videos to show up on a nice handful of good search results pages, then one, there's a really good chance you're also going to show up in Google and the other search engines as well. But in terms of YouTube by itself, um, it gives you the opportunity to get in front of people who are looking specifically for the content that you're making. So that's step one, and that's an easier barrier to entry than it is trying to just get people to respond anywhere it is they see your video. So step one, as part of your content strategy would be, hey, I'm going to make some search-based content. But while you're doing that, you're also trying to figure out, okay, how can I write my titles in a way to where I'm including my keyword for humans and for YouTube to have context of what my video is about, but I'm also doing it in a, I'm putting my title together in a compelling way that's going to really resonate with my audience so that not only are the people that are looking for what it is that I'm 
I'm making going to run into it and they're going to enjoy my content. But when it happens to people on YouTube, when they just log into YouTube and my video just happens to show up on their homepage, the people that care about my type of content, what is it that I can do that will, that will cause them to one, know that my content's for them and two, my content be um, through my thumbnail, my title to make my content compelling enough that they'll actually want to click on it and come in and watch what it is that I put together. Perfect. So you've given so many awesome tips. I feel like I'm definitely going to go back and listen to this a couple of times just so I can wrap my head around everything you've been saying. I just have one final question off the development space. So I'd like to finish with this one. If you have one tip, one piece of advice that somebody can write down, put on a sticky note, put it on their mirror to just help them become a little bit better today than they were yesterday, what would that be? Do something today that your future self will thank you for. Perfect. So that is a, um, that is a, um, that's like a quote that like I found on the internet a long time ago, but that's something that, um, that I, um, I actually had it on my laptop as my wallpaper for a long time. And for me, that particular quote actually pushed me through like a lot of, a lot of stuff. Cause you know, it's easy to be lazy, especially like when you're working on your own, you're doing your own stuff. Like, you know, especially with all these computers around, right? Like I could, like, like it's really easy to, you know, sit there and be, you know, coming up with video ideas and all that stuff. And then it's like, well, Hey, let me, you know, let me go look on like Reddit or let me go watch some YouTube videos or whatever it happens to be. Um, so it's really easy to get distracted. And for me, having that as my wallpaper on my computer really helped, uh, help me be like, Oh, let's get it together. Come on, focus, man, focus. And, and the cool thing about that is, you know, when you really think about that, you know, like everything it is that we're experiencing right now, for everybody that's listening to this right now, even you and I, for everything it is that, that we're experiencing right now in this moment, it's all because of the actions that we've taken in our life to get us here. And the, the, the version of ourselves that are, that's going to experience something good or bad six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, or 10 years from now, all of that is going to be based on the decisions that we make between now and then. So because of that, every single day that goes by that we don't do something to hook up our future selves, we're running the risk of our future selves not having as an awesome experience like we're having now. So because of that, you know, it's really important to, in my opinion, to make sure that you're always trying to look out for that future self, because if you're not, then eventually you're going to come to a point in time to where you're going to be sitting there and you're going to just be filled with, man, I wish I would have done this. I should have done that. I, I should have, you know, I should have taken that trip. I should have started a YouTube channel. I should have, you know, um, I should have applied all this stuff that I've been hearing about self-development, but I just never could make myself do it. Um, I should have, you know, talked to that chick that I saw or that girl, woman, sorry, I, I'm an expat. So like the political stuff, you know, political correctness, you know, cr forgive me there. But like, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I'm this woman over here, you know, I should have talked to her because um, now, you know, I'm single because I never had the courage to, you know, speak to any woman, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like you have to, you have to be able to push yourself through that. And, you know, if, if only, if nothing else, but just thinking about your future self and making sure that you're paving a good path for your future self to drive on, um, like if nothing else is going to push you through it, hopefully that'll, uh, hopefully that'll get you through it. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you guys are listening right now, go out, pick up some chicks at Starbucks today, tell them they have a nice butt and make yeah. some content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Nick, where can people find you? You're all over. Um, you so. can go to nicknimmon.com. Um, all roads lead to Rome there. Um, since this is a podcast for everybody that's into podcasts, I also have a podcast. You can find it on all the major platforms uh, called Comments Over Coffee. The idea is basically we can learn about YouTube over a, a cup of coffee. It's all short form content um, where you can, you know, just listen to YouTube or while you're having your cup of coffee, you can listen to it and, uh, you know, learn the ins and outs of what's going on with YouTube. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Angela. I appreciate you having me on. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you. 
And that's a wrap for this week's episode. Thank you again so much, Nick, for coming on the show. I feel like he just provided so much value in that conversation. I'm definitely going to come back to this one because I'm sure I missed a few things while we were actually recording. I hope you guys took some stuff away from it. If you want to follow Nick, head over to his website, nicknimmon.com, or just search him on YouTube, Nick Nimmon. You will find him super easily. He has so many great videos. Any YouTube questions you have have already been answered on his channel, and he just continues to pump out content literally probably two hours after we had this conversation i started brainstorming for my second youtube channel and got that already within a day so make sure to subscribe to that channel i'll leave that in the show notes i'm going to be doing a lot there just basically an extension of this podcast more personal development books i'm reading uh, podcasts i'm listening to everything like that so go check that out and then just follow me on instagram at better than yesterday pod i look forward to interacting with you guys If you have any guest suggestions, be sure to let me know. I'm always looking to have great conversations like this with awesome people. So let me know if you have anybody that you want to see on the podcast, and I'll be sure to line that up. Thank you guys so much for the support this week, and I will talk to you guys on the next one.